Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. It is the business side of the National Football League moving on from players. Not always easy. The 10-year relationship between the Cardinals and Patrick Peterson is officially over. What Pat P meant to the team both on and off the field, we give our thoughts. Also, the thoughts of A.J. Green. Though soft-spoken, the man sounds motivated. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 406, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side to Fitz, caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Well, you knew this was bound to happen at some point this month, MJ. You finish your show and then some breaking news occurs. That's the beauty of free agency. The reported news yesterday following our show became official earlier today. Patrick Peterson agreeing to terms with the Minnesota Vikings, a one-year contract worth a reported $10 million. First, before we get into this and whether you think it was inevitable or not, but just your initial reaction to Peterson and the Vikings, it wasn't one of those teams that we had heard, you know, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, a team that was not just playoff bound, but a deep playoff run for a chance to get to the Super Bowl. You know, when I look at, you know, what kind of mark was out there. And again, we Patrick's admitted that he doesn't have the same foot speed. And so I thought maybe his own team. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for Mike Zimmer and, and what he does, does on defense. I mean, there was a reason why, you know, he finally got a head coaching gig because he was in Dallas as their defensive coordinator. He was in Cincinnati. And, you know, now he, he you know, obviously they got to get more production out of Kirk Cousins. But, you know, Patrick talked about the process. He was he said it was important to go with the team with the quarterback. Now, maybe they're the team that offered the most money. It's it's really $8 million. He's got some incentives there. He could make 10. Um, you know, they're indoors. Uh, you know, he's going to have to go against some quarterbacks in that division, clearly. Uh, we'll see what shakes out with Andy Dalton now with the Bears. I obviously, you got Aaron Rodgers and then Jared Goff. So, you know, I, you know, I, I just feel like maybe a change of scenery. Um, it's probably good um, because, listen, I respect Patrick Peterson. Um, I, I like Patrick Peterson. I, I mean, I know that you know, it's a production business, and the last couple of years he hasn't been the same guy, but he was one of the best draft picks, especially in that secondary and that corner position, you know, probably since they got here. I, I know Neus Williams was on the roster when they moved, and then he ended up getting traded. Uh, but Patrick being the fifth overall pick in the draft, I, he lived up to all the expectations. And just like any great athlete, I mean, again, some some happens earlier than other where you're just not the same player. But he's so savvy. And, you know, I, I wanted to see him come back. I really did. Um, I think they got some good things going considering what they've done here in free agency. I thought he'd be the perfect guy to, you know, line up. But again, I don't know if they're going to play zone more than man. And that, that would be a big factor if he was going to come back, in my opinion. And I'm glad you brought that up as far as your respect of Patrick Peterson, because I think that's what I want this show here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, to be about. Because I think we get caught up in 
what have you done for me lately? The recency bias and people today and for maybe the next couple of days and weeks ahead, I think are going to focus on the past two seasons. And that's part of the story. I get it. But it is, does not tell the entire picture of a Patrick Peterson in an Arizona Cardinals uniform. Like yourself, I hoped he would come back. In fact, I felt like I was out on an island saying the Cardinals needed to retain Patrick Peterson's services because of the fact that there is no one in that cornerback's room, which we'll get into a little bit later on. I'm not going to fault him for leaving, not going to fault him for taking the money, if that was one of the reasons. Hey, you know what? You're a, you only have a finite amount of time in this profession, talking about pro football, so earn as much as you can. But let's focus on where you began and the fifth overall pick in the 2011 NFL Draft. The story of Patrick Peterson, he was incredible. His first eight seasons, a pro bowler, the last seven as a corner. Two times he was an all-pro at that position. Three times overall. Let's not forget he cut his teeth, if you will, on special teams and that fabulous run in 2011, whereas a rookie, four punt return touchdowns, tying an NFL record, and let's be honest, and he'll say the same thing, probably should have had a couple of more that season because he was inches close to breaking off another couple of scores. And that was the, the unique thing. Uh, if you remember early in his career, you know, Wisenhunt didn't like playing young players. He didn't like playing rookies right away. But, you know, obviously when you draft a guy fifth overall and, you know, what he did in college and, you know, the fact that he had return skills, you know, I thought, you know, maybe in the second and third year, he was always trying to break them a little bit more. And then once you become that number one corner, I mean, I think the only guy that ever got hurt doing that was Jason Seahorn. So I think a lot of people are hesitant. And I always thought that he had the Deion Sanders slash Patrick Peterson rules, meaning if you needed a late uh, field position before half or at the end of the game to get into field goal position, I wanted him out there. One of the biggest miscues, though, was that NFC Championship game. The Cardinals are down 17-7, and he took his eye off the ball. In worst-case scenario, they could have got a field goal there. Now it's 17-10. Now we know the game got out of hand. All their five-star players didn't play well, including the quarterback. Larry dropped two first downs. Uh, Rashad Johnson couldn't cover Philly Brown. So you could see as as he got a little bit older, maybe a little bit more savvy, he, he, he tried to break them a little bit more. Um, but again, you, you mentioned it, um, eight-time Pro Bowl selection. I mean, you, you know, you look at durability. You take away the, the six games that he missed. I mean, he was durable. He was a durable player when he played for the Cardinals. And when you look at some of the other names, um, you know, when you look at, you know, Hall of Famers, uh, Champ Bailey, Willie Brown, Mike Hayes, and all Peterson, they all had 16 games of nine of their 10 seasons. So you take away the six game, he was very durable and he was exciting. You know, some people thought he was arrogant and cocky, but that's kind of what the, that's what made him who he was. I mean, he grew up a great player in different sports. So like I said, it's just sad because, you know, sometimes you want to see a guy wear one uniform. I know that's not happening in this day and age because you want to extend your career. Um, but I, I have a lot of respect for Patrick. He was always accountable. He was uh, approachable. Um, you know, I know fans and, you know, we were in the locker room when he asked for that trade. Uh, he didn't like the defense, and I think that turned a lot of people off. In other words, he had one foot in and one foot out. And, Craig, I, 
I can't tell you how motivated he was coming into last season and how much he worked out with Robert Alther. And we just didn't see it on the field, though. It was the tail end of that 2019 season as they ended the year in Los Angeles. And that month of December, you kind of really saw Peterson regain his footing. He was highly motivated coming back from that six-game suspension and said all the right things, but really he was not ready for football. It took him a while. It took him until those final three or four games. And then you're right. He felt, without saying anything or admitting that he had something to prove, he said, watch out, 2020 is going to be my year. And there were some flashes. I mean, the matchups with DK Metcalf, you know, that first meeting, he shut down Metcalf, which was hard to do for a lot of teams last year. It just wasn't consistent enough. And when you set the bar so high and people expect a certain amount of production out of you, and then you don't reach that level, you're going to get criticized, and rightfully so. People are going to question you. They're going to wonder why, what's going on. It just wasn't there. Did he lose a step? What was it? You mentioned the defense. He admitted a couple of times that teams were doing a lot of crossing routes and he was getting caught in traffic. So maybe he wasn't where he once was, but still to me, he was very capable and very productive as a football player, even at this quote unquote advanced age for an NFL player. He's still very young. He has his entire life to live. But as far as football years, he says he wants to play another five, six years. I don't know, probably now more year by year, but you could always count on number 21. 154 games played, never missed a game because of injury. He was the one constant on that field defensively, year in, year out, game in game out you could always know that one side of the field patrick peterson had it locked down and then you just kind of had to worry about the other side of the field but you knew either the left side or the right side that was patrick peterson's territory and no one was going to take advantage of him well said and, and i had a conversation with patrick maybe a, maybe it was seems like a long time since we haven't been in the locker room it was a couple of years ago and i i said do you ever think see yourself playing safety and he said i want to play 13 years and then um, you know, he'll be 31 on July 11th, and right now he's on a one-year deal. But you do hear that, you know, like Cleveland's playing three safeties just based on their personnel. And as I mentioned earlier, I, I'm a big Mike Zimmer fan from a defensive standpoint. I mean, clearly he's the head coach, but um, we could see him play a little safety now. We know sometimes you got to go in the box, and, you know, Patrick, I think he improved in his tackling, but he's not a guy that's going to go down there and – but I think Mike Zimmer is going to try to move him around a little bit. I mean, clearly he'll play corner, but it wouldn't surprise me if they slide him over because if he he can read the quarterback's eyes. He knows what a screen pass is going to look like. He knows when you're going in motion. So you get some extra eyes out there in your secondary, and, and they obviously had some young corners there. So I do think he could slide over, but his natural position is going to be corner. But yeah, that that was you know over the last couple of years. But he was a highlight reel. I mean, and you know, I, I think I've told the story before, but I want to mention it again just because now the Cardinals do have AJ Green. So let's go back to that draft, and uh, you know a lot of a lot of, that was a really good draft. Of course, Patrick uh, went fifth overall, but AJ Green uh, when the Cincinnati goes on the clock, and if you look at their history, they always draft corners. It's just Maybe it's the division they played in, but, you know, corner was an option. And, you know, obviously they 
you know, have used a couple picks on quarterbacks over the years with Carson and Joe Burrow. But the rumor was, and I and I was able to confirm it afterwards, that the Cardinals were concerned that Cincinnati was going to take Patrick Peterson, you know, get an outside weapon um, that can, you know, help them, you know, obviously try to shut half the field down. And so what happened was Cincinnati decided to draft A.J. Green. And I was told after the draft that if they would have taken Patrick Peterson, the Cardinals would have drafted A.J. Green. And as they say, the rest is history. And fifth overall out of LSU, and he certainly did live up to the expectations, or as Darren Urban of azcardinals.com wrote today, lived up to the hype. And a lot of that hype was Peterson's own doing, but that was how he played the game. It's how he stayed motivated. That's how he got up for games on Sunday. And yeah, a lot of trash talking, a lot of chatter. It wasn't, he wasn't bragging, especially if you can back it up. And for a long period of time, he could back it up. And his matchups with Julio Jones, uh, Megatron, just those battles individually, one-on-one, yep. I'm going to get beat a couple of times, but I'm going to get back up and then I'm going to shut you down. And you like to see that. And all of a sudden you start focusing on action away from the ball, how Peterson matches up with some of the more, maybe more physical, taller, wide receivers in the game. But for me, Patrick Peterson is the guy who was always smiling and was always willing to talk. Post-game, win, lose, or draw, and then during the week, he would always hold court. But then you could always talk to him, MJ, about non-football stuff. He was big into golf, and family became part of him later on in his Cardinals career, getting married, being a father, and then all of a sudden the conversations took a different turn. But he was always accountable, and maybe, maybe fans wanted him to be more accountable, but as a professional athlete, you're going to have your good days and you're going to have your bad days. And I'll say this, Bird Gang, Patrick Peterson had a lot more good days, dare I say great days, in an Arizona Cardinals uniform than he did bad days. Peterson is one of three players with 25-plus interceptions, five total touchdowns since 2011. Also, Marcus Peters and Janoris Jenkins there. Now, if you go back to 2016, when you look at the pro football uh, grades, he, he had an 80.1. 2017, he was 68.4. 2018, 83.7. Of course, the year he served the suspension, 64.3. In this most previous year, 53.1. He was ranked 107th out of 166 cornerbacks with with 100 rating there. And if you look at what he gave up, 50 passes um, uh, for 600 between 50 and 75 pass yards for 677 yards. So clearly um, he didn't have, you know, a good season, but he did show some flashes. Um, I was just thinking how, you know, he had that chip on his shoulder, knowing he was going in the final year of his contract. And it didn't help losing Alford right away because I think that would have settled things down and then losing Chandler. But, hey, we know it's football. You're not going to have your starters out there every single week based on injuries. Well, he never had – a corner opposite him for back-to-back seasons. And that was the constant question going into each offseason, each training camp. Who's the cornerback opposite Patrick Peterson? And we never really got a definitive answer for an extended period of time. We thought it was going to be offered, but then back-to-back seasons, he's on the shelf because of injuries. So, And that did make 
Peterson's job a lot more difficult because all of a sudden, yeah, you can take away one side of the field, but sometimes, you know, he admitted he get bored a little bit. If they're not throwing your way, and then all of a sudden, how do I know if I'm actually good at my job? Because at the end of the season, when you're voting for Pro Bowl, All Pro, and all those stats, it's you're looking at the statistics, and then sometimes the numbers drop for Peterson, but that's because he wasn't targeted as much. And that changed in the last year and a half or so. But for me, Patrick Peterson, not only is he one of the best Cardinals defensive backs in franchise history, going back to St. Louis, going back to Chicago, he is one of the better players to ever put on a Cardinals uniform, regardless of position. And I hope that doesn't get lost just because maybe we didn't see that each and every Sunday the past couple of years. Well, when when you say the uh, the air is over, I mean, the, you know, his career is over with the Arizona Cardinals. You have you can't forget about the first eight years where you're you know you go to the stadium, people were in twenty one, and yeah, I mean, body of work. I mean, the fact that Peterson was the only quarterback in NFL history to make the Pro Bowl in each of his first NFL seasons. Now, as you noted, first career Pro Bowl. In 2011, was as a kick returner. Peterson, eight career Pro Bowl selections are tied fourth all time at the cornerback position. And I we mentioned that you know nine out of ten seasons he played all 16 games, and you got Hall of Famers Champ Bailey, Willie Brown, and Mike Haynes. Uh, Brown did it. Uh, Champ Bailey did it 12 times. Willie Brown nine, and Mike Haynes nine. And Patrick's in that conversation. So, yeah, listen. Every, every athlete, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald hasn't been the same player for the last couple of years. I mean, well, how much separation does he get? But he still he brings value to that locker room and on the field. So, listen, I'm not here to stick up for Patrick Peterson. You can have your own thoughts. But um, just remember all the great moments he had versus what happened over the last couple of years. The Cardinals don't win uh, some of those games because he made game-changing plays. Those pick sixes in, in, in you know important times – Listen, no, he's perfect. Um, he never, you know, uh, thought of himself as is is you know elite to where he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's got to he's got to play a little longer. But what he did in the Cardinal uniform, it's going to be hard to be duplicated at that position for the next decade. Without question, deserving of Ring of Honor status. The question is when, and obviously you'll have to wait until he ends his playing career and then maybe a couple of years after that. But there is no question in my mind, MJ, that number 21 and his name will be in that ring of honor at State Farm Stadium. But that is what he did on the field. Now let's bring up what he did off the field and the community events. Some public, some not public, much like Fitz, but shop with a jock. That was something that he kind of took over and became his thing. Patrick's Corner, reading to kids and making sure kids had books to read in their elementary schools. He did a lot for this community. And one of those, quote unquote, big name players, sometimes that's not what they do. They kind of shy away from that. Peterson never shied away and adopted Arizona and this Maricopa County community, if you will, and even the entire state of Arizona as his home. And I hope that continues, even though he'll be playing in Minnesota for this past, this coming season and maybe even for years down the road. Pat's corner, if you're not familiar with it, he, 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 he ended up his foundation connected with a lot of schools and they were able to get Pat's corner and he provided the books there and, there were times when Cardinals players would go uh, read milk and cookies day on Tuesday. Some of the, um, you know, 
guys on the roster that were rehabbing or possibly, you know, backups, but he, and he was so proud of that because, you know, education and he just, when he became a father, I think he had a different mindset, but there were times on Thanksgiving where he would go to a small school. I was there and he would donate turkeys, the entire meal. That's all you had to do is show up. Maybe he did it last year. It was virtual. Yes. So he, he made sure it happened and he showed up and the kids go nuts and he had a couple players there and he actually was helping hand out the, the, the food and all that. So he, he's got a big heart. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, for people that had it, maybe a, uh, a chance to meet him at different settings or maybe it was at training camp. Um, he's a classy guy. He's a family guy. And uh, like I said, I'm going to miss him. I, honestly, just from a, you know, from a covering the team standpoint, because when you when you watch the Cardinals, 21 was always out there. I mean, every game. Until you know, six games of suspension shouldn't stay in his entire career with the Cardinals. I don't feel that way. It is going to be very odd to see him wearing a different color uniform, and maybe even more odd because the Vikings visit the Cardinals coming up in 2021. So I hope there are fans in the stands at that point, and we can actually give the proper respects and proper appreciation to Patrick Peterson when he gets introduced at State Farm Stadium. I hope that is a possibility because of COVID-19. There haven't been a lot of fans, if any, at a lot of stadiums around the NFL, but that is certainly going to be a moment that I'll look forward to and then also look down and go, that's, you know, Minnesota purple. I just, I, you know, does it fit? In, I don't know. He's back in his LSU colors. Yeah, that, that's true. But, you know, we're talking a decade removed from those days. And, yeah, maybe, yeah, good point. It's, I didn't think of it that way. But, yeah, you're right. I don't think he picked it because of that. No, 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 no. I yeah, I think... mean, and, and listen, what's going to be the talk all week? Okay, how's Patrick playing? Clearly, you know, that's – and he's going to cover DeAndre Hopkins, right? You would assume. Yep just like they did in, in practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and maybe we see him line up against AJ Green, but yeah, we're we're going to we're going to see hopefully and I hope this happens. Yeah. Whatever, you know, that Sunday afternoon that what we were sometimes not able to see during the week of practice, we now see on game day where Hopkins lines up opposite Peterson and they'll there'll be several cameras and maybe even some flash bulbs going off. And I can't tell you, because we didn't watch it uh, every single uh, practice in training camp, but Patrick Peterson did pick off Kyler Murray a few times. And he made sure to let us know <laughs> that he picked off K-1, especially in that first training camp, because it became a, we had to figure out, all right, who got him this time? And I think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was that's the that's the other thing that will be missed and you know I apologize bird game because we're opening up the door here and this is something that fans don't get to see but where Patrick Peterson's locker is is literally directly um across from where Larry Fitzgerald's locker is and without either one of them we might not have either of them coming up in 2021 but the banter between those two with the media in in, in, in the presence, sometimes even without the media, but those two uh, good friends, but uh, always able to rib one another as well. Yeah, and, and, and when Patrick was drafted, I mean, between Anquan, yeah, when Larry came on and, you know, he, he, he wanted to cover Larry in practice. He wanted to cover him in training camp because, you know, 
iron sharpens iron. I mean, he knew how good Larry was, and Larry obviously has a really good catch radius, and it made him better. So there, there were some great matchups just watching those two uh, go at it in practice. Yeah, I remember when they still trained in Flagstaff, those early practices yeah. with Fitz and Peterson, and you had the fans sitting on the bleachers so close to the sideline that you could really – really get a sense of how physical and how much there was this rivalry developing between the sage veteran and this young pup trying to outdo each other. So yeah, I am certainly going to miss number 21. I was on record saying I hope he would come back and for whatever reason, maybe we'll find out, maybe we don't. I'll say this though, I went on vikings.com earlier today, MJ, and they are thrilled to land Patrick Peterson. The first sentence on the story announcing Peterson's agreeing to terms, the Vikings have upgraded their secondary in a big way. They have a very young cornerback room. And I think first and foremost, they want Peterson to be a mentor and then obviously do well on Sundays and help the team win. But I think he is entering that other stage that players get to when they get a little bit older yeah, you still want to compete. You still want to do your best. Yet at the same time, now it's about bringing up the guys who were you were once upon a time up to your level. And I think that is what the Vikings are looking for for Patrick Peterson. You know, when you're talking about, you know, what they're saying in Minnesota, it's like we sat here and talked about J.J. Watt and then nationally, well, what has he done in the last two years? And we talked to A.J. Green this morning, and, and I asked him, how much you have left in the tank? He'll be 33, and uh, we're talking about his last two years. He, was, he wasn't healthy in 2019. Now, the good news, Patrick played all 16 games. Uh, you look at Hudson, he played all 16 games. Uh, Watt played all 16 games. Green played all 16. But it's interesting because when, when the media talks to Patrick Peterson and they introduce him, and they're going to say, Eight career Pro Bowl selections, tied fourth all time, and then they're going to get into he's only missed uh, you know six games with a suspension and and but what about the last two years? And we've had this same conversation, but we know body of work and you know change of scenery. Um, maybe he hears the noise. I mean, he he said that you know people think he's lost a step. Uh, I think he still could run a nice forty if he had to run straight north and south. It's more about stopping on the dime cut cutting and turn your hips but it's just fascinating how we talked about the cardinals acquisitions and really it's about the last two years not so much with hudson uh matt prater etc but it's just interesting i want to listen to that press conference and because he's going to tell them you know i'm still a really quality player and a lot of it's between the ears you may lose some of the physical attributes the foot speed but he knows what quarterbacks do. He People don't give him enough credit for that. He is smart, and he really helped the development of Byron Murphy. And now we'll wait to see what happens in that cornerback room without Patrick Peterson. And I want to get into that next here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. First, though, the team took to social media today thanking Patrick Peterson, quote, for all the incredible moments, for all of the amazing memories, for all that you've done for our community, for all that you mean to our organization, thank you, Patrick Peterson. There was a video as well put together 
I hope Patrick Peterson appreciates what he is leaving behind because he did impact so many people, fans, and then that people that weren't fans just know him as someone who came to their school, to their community center to help out those that were less fortunate. And I think that should be what we remember out of Patrick Peterson. As you say, the body of work, all 10 years, not just 2019, 2020. And I'll say this to bottom line this, um, you know, we didn't get a chance to be in a locker room, but we were in that locker room for nine years. He, he was a leader by example, the way he practiced. He was out there at, in training camp before everyone else. He does these certain drills going through a net, but he was revered in that locker room. You, you, can, you could say he was revered just based on his college career and what he accomplished in those first five or six years. And he really tried to help the young guys. Clearly, he was a sponge for Tyron Matthew, and some of the older guys helped him out. But he was revered in that locker room, especially if, if for any new players or rookies to come in there because you did have to look at the, you know, the body of work considering if it was the first five, six, seven years. Yeah, there is going to be a void left behind without number 21 in that locker room, both on uh, both on and off the field bird gang if you haven't already make sure you update to the latest version of the cardinals mobile app today the update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience visit azcardinals.com app for more and you go to azcardinals.com free agency to keep track of what the cardinals do here in free agency and i think now we've got to have that conversation you don't bring back patrick peterson for whatever reason now you look, well, that's automatically becomes a need. It was already going to be a need, regardless if Peterson came back or not. But you look at what is currently on the roster, Byron Murphy, Robert Alford, plus Jace Whitaker and Picasso Nelson. The Cardinals right now, MJ, have to be looking not only just for one corner, but maybe two or three. And I'm talking about a number one corner and a number two corner, because if Murphy's going to stay in the slot, you can't really count on Alford right now. You hope he's back and playing, but what we see or what we haven't seen better said from Alford is that you can't rely on him. So the Cardinals have some work to do in the secondary. The way I look at it right now is, you know, Dan Arnold's a free agent. I haven't seen his name, you know, at least being mentioned. We're starting to see guys are going on visits. That's a little bit different from a year ago. Usually you agree to terms and you come in for a physical. Um, I still think running back uh, is 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 a, is a position they could look at, but if you're talking about a number one corner, they're not out there right now. You can have guys that were drafted like Adoree Jackson. He's a first round pick, and he really wasn't very productive with the Titans. Um, you know, I, according to reports they were on with Ronald Darby, he ended up going to Denver, but he he's had some injuries. So I think the draft is going to, you know, we always have to look at what they don't get in free agency. And some of these positions you would think they're going to have to double up on. You know, they did go out and sign A.J. Green. I think they feel comfortable if they get the development for Andy Isabella, possibly uh, Keyshawn Johnson, JoJo Ward, A.J. Richardson, you know, when, after your top three receivers. But I think running back right now, you got to find a complement running back with Chase. Um, I still think they could draft a running back, but we know how deep the corners are. But you got to get a veteran guy. You, you can't have too many youth there. So I still think there's a couple of positions. Um, but obviously, the Cardinals have chewed up a good portion of their salary cap. Um, you know, you got to save some money for the 
for the practice squad. Um, when it comes to the rookie class, that won't be high because they right now only have four picks. I anticipate they'll try to get. Well, a they fifth. do. They do have five. Remember, five, they that's right from the seven. pick in that Excuse trade me, with, right. with Hudson. Yeah, that's right. So it's seven. So they still have five, but they don't have to worry about paying a three right now. So that rookie pool, usually the only, t- usually it's only the top fifty-one players. So maybe a couple will qualify for that, and then you have to save some money for IR. Now they could you know, restructure some guys. They could ask some guys to take a pay cut. Um, you know, Chandler Jones, what do they think of him in the future? Um, his cap number is 20 million. Do they want to extend him? They want to see how he's going to come back from the injury. So um, there's ways, but uh, I think the heavy lifting is, has been done so far. Well, I'll disagree to a certain extent with that because you are right. They have filled a lot of holes and covered a lot of the salary cap with the deals they've made. But I want to see what their plan B, C, D, E going forward as far as that cornerback position. Because if they felt that Patrick Peterson wasn't worth the money, that's their prerogative, then you better show this fan base that you have an answer at that cornerback position. And I get it. We talked with earlier on Cardinals Cover 2 that, you know, with the addition of J.J. Watt and a healthy Chandler Jones and Jordan Phillips coming back healthy and Marcus Golden now back that if you have a pass rush, maybe you're not asking as much from your secondary as far as covering because the quarterback will be scrambling and getting the ball out quickly. That's fine on paper, but you still need to be prepared. And right now, this team cannot play on a Sunday with where their cornerback situation is right now. That's just me speaking out loud. No, and it's, you're 100% right. But the good news is they don't have to worry about that right True. now. I mean, I, I, I we look at the depth chart and – you know, normally you bring 10 to 12 in and it's going to be some undrafted free agents. But, you know, uh, I don't st- I, uh, one thing that we pointed out, you know, they didn't get desperate and start overpaying for guys. So, I mean, there's probably guys they are looking at, but, you know, um, again, they're available for a reason. So but, you know, I do, do think the draft is it's a deep draft there. It's, it's a deep draft, a receiver. And again, now that you got A.J. Green and. I mean, we're hoping that Sean Jefferson can get more out of Christian Kirk, can stay healthy, more out of Andy Isabella and some of those other young receivers. So, you know, um, they, they solidified the center position and went out and got J.J. Watt. They retained Marcus Golden, Tanner Vallejo, tendered some guys. So, um, but I'm with you. I mean, you, you always say you got to flood the position. You got to get some – It's it's – you know, Buda Baker is going to be the – he's going to be the guy – I mean, we look at in the secondary now. He's going to be the – the elder statesman. I mean, that's how it is. I don't care how old Walford is, but, you know, he'll take a bigger role. Um, but again, he's not a corner. He's a safety. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. You just can't have a bunch of twos and threes. got to find someone that can cover. And maybe that comes in the draft or, you know, maybe somebody uh, is asked to take a pay cut and he becomes available. You know, the, the news is right now every team is under the cap. So you, you'll see some guys – well, if, if a team says, well, we can get this guy, uh, we're going to let this guy go. So, again, there will be there'll be some other names. I think we know the names now. But I just don't think they want to overpay for a guy. And really, it's probably going to be a one- or two-year deal with a short um, uh, base salary and possibly incentives based on stats and uh, how active they are on game day. 
think Isaiah Simmons can cover a little bit more in the slot if we get to that point. If we get to case of emergency, break glass and move Simmons around. I know that's what the Bird Gang's thinking about because well, you know the more you could do, Craig. But he he may take the role of uh, Gamble last year, covering those tight ends. He's going to have his work cut out for there for him. But I I do think just having Buddha and Isaiah Simmons, um, you know, on the field and and their their upside, of course. Isaiah's got to prove it week in and week out. We know that Buddha's only getting better. So I do like the fact that you got a couple guys that can do different things where they're not just uh, Statue of Liberty out there. Let's switch gears here on this Thursday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We talked yesterday about the signing of A.J. Green. Actually, let me be correct, agreeing to terms. He didn't sign until earlier today. And by the way, to A.J. Green and his wife, happy anniversary. I don't know if this is what you get your significant other as far as, you know, in year seven, you get a new contract with a new team, but certainly someone that with the Cardinals signing today, meaning we had a chance to hear from A.J. Green earlier. And first impressions, MJ, very soft-spoken. Yet what he had to say, I think, spoke volumes because, as you brought it up earlier, basically asked the same question as J.J. Watt and gave the same answer. A lot left in the tank. Still feel young. Legs feel young. And then addressed last season with the Cincinnati Bengals, calling it a difficult year given the quarterback situation, but he would not use that as an excuse. But he did acknowledge that he was looking for a team with a chance to win and really fit his skill set. And he believes that the Cardinals give him the best chance at that. And then probably I think what stood out a lot, and you got the sense from JJ Watt as well, quote, I felt wanted. They showed that they really wanted me. AJ Green talking about the Cardinals and their pursuit here in free agency of another playmaker. And once again, we start t- talking about guys 31, 32. He's going to be 33. Um, I listened to Jim Trotter on the NFL Network, and he spoke to somebody in the organization, and they said, you know, we're not worried about if he lost a step, which he, he says he still has a lot in the tank. He may not be the fastest guy, but he runs good routes. Um, I'll take my chances on the 50-50 ball. And, and because of the age, he, he prefers to play on grass. They practice on grass. And, and again, when you wake up in Arizona, that body feels a little bit better when that sun's reflecting on you. So a little, just little things. Um, but he wanted to be wanted. He said that he did have a couple other opportunities. He wouldn't get into it. It's probably not um, in his best interest now that he's picked the team. Um, but I, I do think the, the training facility, he said he was impressed with that. Um, obviously, they put a, over $25 million in there. Um, you know, we're hoping to get back there soon. So the little things, but ultimately I think, you know, the fact that he's not going to draw the double teams, he's going to get single coverage. And if it's five or six catches for 75 yards, I mean, uh, all of a sudden, if they want to, you know, go one-on-one, I'll take my chances with him. He's really good, you know, with his catch radius and throw the ball up to him. He's tall. He's a, he's tall and he looks physical and, you know, he was hurt in 2019, but he played all 16 games last year. You know, he, he had three different quarterbacks. Uh, Josh, Joe Burrow got, went down in week nine, or, and then he had Brandon Allen, and then he had Ryan Finley. And Finley played well in that game against the Steelers, but for the most part, their offensive line, 
They weren't able to protect uh, Burrow. That's why he got hurt. Zach Taylor tried to go mass protection. And you can see he got frustrated a little bit. And that's only human nature, knowing you're out there busting your backside and the results aren't there. So I think he's, as I talked about JJ, I think he hit the reset button. And now he's looking forward to his second career where he feels like he can play a couple more years, even though it's a one-year deal. Yeah, he will not be double teamed, not with DeAndre Hopkins occupying one side of the field. And that, according to Green, quotes, is going to take a lot off of me, end quotes. And then these three factors, and I'll give you credit, MJ, because you have brought it up when we're talking about players in their quote-unquote later years, 28 and beyond, if you will. Weather, grass, indoors. And that is something that I think we don't take too much into account, but you factor in, you wake up and it's nice outside. You go on the field and your legs feel good because you're on grass, you're not on turf. You play on Sundays and you don't have to worry about the elements, you know that it's climate controlled. That's, again, not a huge priority when you're doing the pros and cons, but I'll say this. <laughs> The more I hear from these players, that has got to be a big selling point when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals. Because as we, you know, that saying in real estate, location, 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 Cardinals might not be in any better situation across the league than that as far as selling weather, grass, indoors to potential players when they hit free agency. And hopefully we get some of these guys that are 26, 27, 28. Now, Rodney Hudson, obviously they moved into a brand new stadium. They have a great facility in Henderson, real grass. I mean, they, they went all out. Uh, obviously, usually the latest stadium has all the bells and whistles. Of course, with SoFi Stadium is going to host the Super Bowl next year. But yeah, but again, you're playing in Houston. Um, you know, uh, they have a retractable uh, dome. Um, you look at, he played in Cincinnati. Uh, you know, just coming out there in November. And, and listen, he was very grateful of being the fourth overall pick, got a nice contract, but you're out there on a Sunday and you're looking and you're, you're not winning. And it's like, man, I feel cold, you know? Here, I, you got to win to feel good. You got to look good, but it's it's, it's just interesting. And, and we don't talk about it as much, but what about the family and the wives? I mean, we, we look at Matt, Matthew, uh, Matt Prater, his, former, his wife was a former cheerleader. She, she actually grew up here. People tell me they went to a styling school with her and he's up there in age and his kids are going to love Arizona. Nothing against Detroit because that's where a lot of these guys, when they came in the league, they raised their families there. And now when you go from that to sunshine, it's a game changer. A couple of other notes from AJ Green's press conference. One, we know about his relationship with Larry Fitzgerald, but it was interesting he did not reach out to Fitz. As he said, I just want to keep the business side out of it with Larry. Although it did sound like he spoke with his former head coach, Marvin Lewis, who is now at Arizona State. And Lewis told Green about Kyler Murray, quote, he can sling it, AJ. You're going to be very happy. End quote. And speaking of ASU, the ASU Georgia game, and I went back and looked this up, September 20th, 2008, Green's freshman year. And in his words, quote, that was my coming out game. He caught eight passes for 159 yards and one touchdown in a 27 10 win at Sun Devil Stadium, September 20th, 2008. 
I mean, you look at a guy like Julio Jones, and then you're thinking this guy is he's he's a shadow of him, you know? Yeah, I mean that when you when you can put up those numbers, and you know he's so young, and then all of a sudden, you know, you started to follow his career, and that's why he was the fourth overall pick in the draft. I mean, he 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 made a lot of acrobatic catches in college, and he did that his first couple of years. But, he, but you know, I was thinking about some of the receivers they had there. I, I know Carson was there with Chris Henry. He passed away. I thought, you know, look at Boyd over the last year. But it, it, it seems like this is probably the best wide receiver he's played with would be DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I was. I haven't done the research, full disclosure, Bergang, but you would have to think that throughout his entire tenure in Cincinnati that there was never anyone, and I don't want to, you know, say this out of out of step, but I don't think there was anyone that was on an AJ Green level as far as a perennial Pro Bowler, a perennial All Pro, to the extent that you could say on par or equal with a DeAndre Hopkins. This might, to your point, MJ, might be the best one-two punch he's ever been a part of, with him being the number two and not the number one. And that's what the Cardinals were looking for, a guy that can play on the outside and that can be the number two receiver. And since we did this with Hudson and J.J. Watt, um, you know, Green is one of three players in NFL history to have a 1,000 receiving yards in each of his first five seasons. Also, Randy Moss and Mike Evans. Cincinnati clinched, uh, clinched playoffs in each of Green's first five seasons. Green is the only wide receiver in NFL history to reach the Pro Bowl in each of his first seven seasons. So body of work, that's what he was able to do. I don't think he's going to do that here. But last year, he had 47 receptions, 523 yards, three different quarterbacks, a couple of uh, receiving touchdowns. As for his career, 649 receptions, 9,430 uh, receiving yards, and 65 touchdowns. So seven-time Pro Bowl selection, again, did it in his first seven seasons. That is in the past, but you know what he's capable of doing. Again, I'll sign up right now for you know four or five catches a game. You start looking at it over a 16-game schedule, and that's going to take a lot of pressure off of not only – DeAndre Hopkins, but also Kyler Murray saying, hey, I can spread it around a little bit more. Yeah, really looking forward to seeing how this parlays itself out on the football field and hopefully maybe even sooner as far as maybe some offseason workouts as well. Bird Gang, if you enjoy what you're listening to here, Cardinals Cover 2, we invite you to subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast. That way you never miss any of your favorite shows. Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Rays, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. For more information, go to azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. Before we end this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, uh, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, two more items. One, just coming across the old ticker, if you will, MJ, but the Arizona Cardinals apparently now have lost wide receiver and special teams ace Trent Sherfield. According to reports, he is headed within the division, but headed to the 49ers on a one-year contract. And then running back Kenyon Drake is also on the move. Reports have him landing with the Raiders on a two-year deal. So congratulations to those players. Best of luck, uh, except for Sherfield on two occasions in 2021. But I know with Kenyon Drake, he was hoping to cash in. 
He's got incentives in his contract to where I think he will be able to cash in. But this is, uh, this is as we knew, going to be a weird market, a weird offseason for a lot of players, especially at the running back position as far as to get that big money. But I don't know if he was able to parlay that based off the fact that he did not end last season uh, the way he hoped to going into free agency. I want to be nice to the Raiders because they make nice trades with the Cardinals. But <laughs> don't they have Josh Jacobs? I'm assuming that part of the selling point was that there will be enough footballs and enough carries to go around, but you're right. It would seem that you're going into a situation where you are not quote unquote, the guy, um, barring an injury. And they're going to, they, you know, they're bringing Richie incognito back. They got that Colton Miller they drafted. So they're going to have three new offensive linemen. You know, I, I, I'm being a little tongue in cheek about Josh Jacobs, but he did carry the ball a lot and he got hurt last year. And so I get it, um, but it's just weird. The day before, they, they were going to release their center, and then they make a trade, and they save money, and here they go out and spend $8 million up to eleven. As for Trent Sherfield, I'm a big fan. Um, he worked hard. I never understood, and, and again, I know 1% what's going on there when it comes to personnel, um, but I always thought he, he should have got more opportunity as a wide receiver. I really do. He and um, you know he's very close to Larry Fitzgerald. He never complained. He accepted his role. He was a really good special teams player. So um, interesting that you know, considering how long he's been in the division, and if you're John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan saying, "Hey, listen, uh, he could be our fourth or fifth receiver." Now they obviously, you know, feel comfortable with Brian Ayuk and a couple of others, Debo Samuel. Um, but he he he's a he's a guy that's going to last in the league because he plays on special teams. He's probably going to be on one year deals just because that's the nature of the business. But um, good for him. And I, I know that they didn't tender him, and that means the writing was on the wall. But uh, you know, over the last year, maybe when since Cliff arrived, I just didn't understand why he never got more run at wide receiver. And I guess when you draft three uh, in Cliff's first year, that's your future. Andy Isabella, Keyshawn Johnson, and Akeem Butler. But to me. Uh, I thought he could have had more playing time. Yeah, I would echo those thoughts as well. You can keep up to date, Bird Gang, on all of this free agent movement, the comings, the goings, the free agent tracker live on azcardinals.com slash free agency. And we will do our part here each and every edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2. It has been a busy week. Will it continue to be busy? Don't know, but it does sound like things are starting to maybe get to that second wave, dare I say that third wave of free agency. Though, as we pointed out, the Cardinals do still have work to do. Running back, backup quarterback, and cornerback as well. Special thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.